0: Hello, welcome back to A True Side of Crime. I'm your host, Angela, and today I have a guest host, Cody.
1: I'm a ghost host. Today, we're going to be focusing on the case of the Central Park Five, one of the biggest cases of this year that were that was on Netflix. A lot of people talked about it. It was all over social media and how people were disgusted with the way these kids were treated. Uh, today, we're going to take you through what happened that night and what followed, including the confessions of the main Five but also some information on the other boys that you may not know about. The ones that were arrested and didn't really serve any time and kind of got off uh, without being punished for anything.
0: Kind of slap on the wrist a couple. Steve Lopez, Corey Wise, Antonio McCray, Kevin Richardson, Raymond Santana, Yusuf Salam were all indicted on rape one, sodomy one, sex abuse one, attempted murder two, two counts of assault one, robbery one, two counts of robbery two, assault one, two counts of assault two, riot one. Raymond Santana and Yusuf were also ultimately what they were charged with was rape and assault. They didn't Ultimately what they were found guilty for was rape and assault. They were never found guilty for the attempted murder. They weren't found guilty for sodomy. They were charged with all of these things, but they were not actually found guilty. Those charges ended up uh they ended up being found not guilty for them, which I guess is good since it gave them less time even though they still had crazy long amounts of time. Okay, the first 5 that are the main people are Corey, Wise, Yusuf, Salam, Antron McCray, Kevin Richardson, and Raymond Santana Jr. Like, all of these kids were 15 and under. So, we kind of found out Corey and Yusuf are the only two that actually knew each other. The other ones just kind of saw each other in passing, I guess. It
1: was just like a... uh... A big party going on in this in Central Park that night you know like a bunch of kids no school just having a good time kind of and messing around like kids do
0: so um some the other kids that you'll see brought up in this case are Mike Brosco and Steve Lopez Steve Lopez actually knew one of the other boys And they were kind of together that night. That's how he got drawn into it. But like they were brought up on charges. Some of them were dismissed. Some of them they pleaded down. One of the boys actually initially went to court. And then he took a plea deal. We'll get into the rest of that later. So the initial charges that were issued for these boys were. uh, Attempted murder. The second degree. Rape one. Rape one. And assault one.
1: These are some pretty heavy crimes. Uh. We got. Sodomy. and Sexual abuse. These things are something that people would like. If you were accused of these things. Even if you were found guilty or not guilty. People would still raise their eyebrows. When they saw you. So it would destroy your character. Even without the fact that these children. Were uh. Beaten to a confession basically. And uh forced upon forced to accept these charges these are pretty disgusting charges that you would give a a child and then uh it was just unbelievable the way that these kids were treated based off of something that was not true
0: especially with having kids around that age i couldn't imagine like if you tell me my kid is in jail, I'm first of all, I'm coming up there like you, me, my kid coming home with me. You're not about to put your hands on them. And if you do, I'm filing a lawsuit against you. Especially in a like it makes it seem that today's climate and the climate from 89 is not different at all.
1: It kind of isn't. Uh, a lot of black kids today, you know, they grow up a little bit bigger than the white kids. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people view that as a, uh, a negative and they're kind of intimidated by that.
0: Like they're a threat because they're big.
1: Even with myself, you know what I'm saying? I'm uh, I'm light-skinned or mixed, I should say. I'm of the lighter complexion, but I have dreads and stuff. And sometimes when I go into a white neighborhood, when I do a delivery or something like that, uh, I just recently, a man came out in his yard because he heard rap music out there and he just stared at me for about 10 minutes until I left his neighborhood after I did my delivery. So, uh... Any th- things like that, like uh, how big you are, it kind of doesn't it doesn't matter to someone that wants to view you as a monster.
0: And the crazy thing is, if you listen to rap music, whether you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, like people automatically view you as like ghetto or like a hoodlum or something. When if you actually listen to some rap music, it's not negative music. All rap music is not about what people think it is. Half of it's not about violence. If they would actually listen, they would understand. But, so, the police and the defense kind of put together this timeline. And, it's kind of weird to me. (laughs) Like, I don't know where they even... I don't know where they got all this information. They kind of can screw the timeline between what the boys told them and what actually happened. Because there's no way that if what the boys said is true... There's no way that the documentation that the police and the defense, I mean, the police and the prosecution put together. Now, in saying that, if you've watched the documentary, you kind of know that it's they kind of rearrange stuff to try to make it fit. And to me, that's weird. So. Michael Briscoe, he was 18. The prosecutor ended up saying that there was no evidence against him in the rape case. So he ended up pleading down in May of 1990 to the assault and robbery of one victim. And um, to one other jogger. So he got assault, robbery, pled out one year. He was never, ever charged with anything else at all. Um, he actually was the oldest person in this case. He was 18 years old, so he was actually an adult. And I don't know if that makes a difference in how he was treated or what happened. Obviously, we weren't there. But it is just weird that the one grown adult is like the one who they say they have no evidence against. And he's immediately pleaded down to one year in prison. The other to talk about was Stephen Lopez. Stephen Lopez, they said that they were able to tie him to the rape, but ultimately they ended up not doing it. In January of 91, Elizabeth Letterer, she is the. Assistant District Attorney. She was the one that prosecuted the Central 5 case. And it was craziness. So, she ends up not wanting to accept plea deals from anybody else except Stephen Lopez. After all of the charges and the trials. So, Stephen Lopez, um, he tried to... So... As I was saying, she didn't want to take plea deals. Anybody who was indicted on rape. Somehow she came an agreement with Lopez and his attorney to accept a plea deal for him. Apparently because he didn't say that he raped her in his videotape confession. Those the other boys said that he was involved, which they said that they each said everybody else was involved because he didn't. And I guess witnesses would not testify they said they felt for their safety they were scared she didn't want to try him and they accepted a plea deal from him in 91 and he was sentenced to 18 months to four and a half years and he was it's because he was he only pled guilty to mugging a jogger so he got off he was 15 just like the other boys There's not a lot of other information about Steven Lopez or about Michael Briscoe other than the fact that they were arrested, they were questioned. There were indictments handed down. The same indictments that they handed down to the other boys initially is what they handed down to them, but none of them stuck is the difference. Because ultimately all the boys were indicted on attempted murder, rape, assault rioting robbery like they had multiple counts of robbery multiple counts of assault and that's crazy like it seems like they kind of gave them all of the charges for everybody so the police and the prosecution put together this timeline it starts about 8 15 between 8 15 and 8 30 a group of 30 kids from the TAF projects and the Lombard Plaza, gathered at 110th Street and 5th Avenue.
1: This group of kids enter the park. They walk around the south pathway, parallel to the east wall, between 110th Street and 106th Street. They encounter a male Hispanic who they uh, considered attacking, but decided that uh, because someone knew him, his name was Eddie, they left him alone.
0: About 8.43, a male and a female. They were both black. We're seen walking down Snake Hill. And 106. So the group leaves this couple alone because there's a female with him, which kind of contradicts everything they do that night. But we'll get to that later.
1: At 8.45, there's a yellow cab. The yellow cab
0: has bottles thrown and rocks thrown at it this happens at about 103rd street
1: a male hispanic accosted at 103rd street and east drive rocks and bottles are thrown at him he runs eastbound to fifth avenue
0: at 905 another male hispanic is assaulted at 102nd street and east drive his food is taken
1: at 907 a male and female white bike riding northbound on East Drive harassed by the group of people. The group runs eastbound across the North Meadow.
0: Um, A female victim is grabbed at 102nd Street Cross Drive and she runs uh, east. The rape victim leaves home at 8.55.
1: Between the times of 9.20 and 9.45 there was somehow created a brush fire and at 2 northwest of the crime scene. Direct line of vision from crime scene to the fire. Corey Wise states that he observed a fire while female was being attacked.
0: The group leaves the rape scene. They go southbound across the ball fields. They scale the 97th Street transverse road and end up on the north pump house.
1: Fire units are dispatched around 939
0: and at 9:40 at 9:40 the group arrives at the north the north pump house the reservoir
1: at 9:45 a jogger assaulted at the reservoir named David Lewis leaves residence at about 9:10 to 9:15
0: at 9:46 the same jogger reports an assault to a uniform scooter officer on East Drive by 92nd Street.
1: At 9:47, an unidentified jogger harassed and chased by the group. The jogger asked the group if they want to race, he outruns them.
0: How is that him being chased if he asked that race?
1: That is the this whole timeline is a bit weird people cuz there's a lot of things that they were penciled in. It's like some third grader sat down with the crown and came up with these things.
0: So, well, 1 minute after that, jogger John assaulted on the reservoir at 90, 93rd to 94th Street. He leaves his residence about 9.30.
1: So about 9.50, a group, the group splits up. Some exit the park at 93rd and CPW, and some remain in the park.
0: The same jogger as before, John, is found by auxiliary police on the 87th Street and West Drive.
1: At 10.05, Uniform P.O. responds to scene of Laughlin's assault. 94th Street and 93rd Street.
0: About five minutes later, uh, CPP AC observes some youth at 103rd Street and CPW. When the AC van pulls alongside them, they jump the wall the AC, chase the ones that go over the wall.
1: At about 10.30, AC apprehends five suspects.
0: Just to be clear, AC, that's the auxiliary cop. So at 10.50, The AC and the suspects arrive at the Central Park Precinct.
1: The people that were apprehended were Lamont McCall, Kevin Richardson, Clarence Thomas, Stephen Lopez, and Raymond Santana.
0: The conflicting stories of the defendants, they're saying it's an approximate timeline based on what the boys initially said, which is not completely true because half of the stuff they didn't say until after they were assaulted, and harassed, and held without food.
1: So, because of this timeline and the major differences that happened in this, it kind of looks as if the rape didn't even happen.
0: Well, at least it's not... They're saying that they went to the park at 9, not 8.30.
1: It doesn't allow time for them to commit
0: a rape. So, Kevin and Raymond were both arrested at the park the night of the incident. Um, But it was for lesser charges, unlawful assembly. Um, They hadn't found the jogger at that time. So they got them for a lawful uh, assembly and riot and stuff like that because it was 30 boys running through Central Park. Um, Their parents didn't know they were even at the precinct until hours later, which if anybody, which I'm sure you all do, watch any crime Shows You cannot question a minor without their parent. That doesn't even make sense. They're 14 and 15. They don't even know what's going on. So, they got detained. They get questioned. Hours later, their parents find out they're there. Um, Officers say that Kevin stated while being transported... Police records state that Kevin said Antron committed the rape. But there's no evidence that Kevin ever said that. Kevin didn't even know Antron. So I don't know how they thought that they were going to prove that.
1: All right. So moving on. The very next afternoon, Corey and Yusuf were apprehended. Reports differ as... The next afternoon, Corey and Yusuf were apprehended. The reports differ as to why Corey went with the cops. The cops say his name was on a list. It was just misspelled. The young men state he went as a
0: friend. So, from what we were able to look into, they had Yusuf's name... And Yusuf went. Corey was with him. So they were like, oh, do you want to come with your buddy? The cops say that's not the way it happened. But seeing as they lied about a whole bunch of other stuff, I'm inclined not to believe. So Antron was taken to the precinct by his parents the next morning. Um, He actually got home. He was really dirty. His parents were trying to figure out what in the world was going on. They found out. That he was at the park that night. So. They were like. uh, You need to go see what's going on. Tell them what you know. They didn't think that he was actually involved in anything. So they took him just to. Take him up there. And let him talk to the police.
1: So anybody that they feel. That they have. And that they can convict. They have them already. So what transpires now. In the next 16 plus hours. Is a bunch of. Uh heart-wrenching things such as accusing children of doing these heinous crimes, depriving them of food in order to get said confessions.
0: Um, The jogger also is going through a lot of stuff. After she was found, she's fighting for her life. She's in the hospital. Like, she's unconscious. She's in a coma. And she thinks that when she wakes up, she thinks that what the police have been doing is the right thing. And they're trying to get her justice. We know that it becomes a different story later.
1: So all these boys, they were held for and then interrogated for extended periods of time for different reasons. And they use different tactics in order to get this stuff out of these boys. And the first guy that we're going to start with is Antron.
0: Uh, his parents brought him up there. They talk to him. He said he didn't know anything about a jogger. He doesn't know anything about a rape. They keep berating him. Well, the cops ask his mom to leave. Uh, His dad steps out quickly and he talks to somebody and they threaten his dad's job. Tell him that, you know, if he doesn't cooperate, we can't help you. It might, you know, reflect badly on you that you're not working with the cops because his dad works for the city. So he comes back in and he pretty much berates And angrily has outbursts against his own son to make him tell the police what they want to hear. He tells them to tell them what they want to hear. Which to me is crazy. I couldn't imagine telling my kid to lie to the cops, especially to admit to a rape. I mean, what do you think?
1: I think this was pretty extreme for them to do to these kids. And then that that Antron actually had to go through this with apparent is that he wanted to save his job rather than save his son that was kind of uh I don't know man I, I don't believe I could do that to my kid
0: yeah I know like New York it's the 80s there's a lot of high tensions in the late 80s with black people and the government and police but I'll find another job like I'm not sacrificing my child and then the resentment that your child will have for you because they know what you did to them
1: So, moving on, we'll move to Raymond. So, Raymond was interviewed with his non-English speaking
0: grandma. So, she didn't even know what they were asking him or what they were saying, what they talking about. The charges uh, were downplayed to his dad. They didn't tell his dad the whole situation when he got there hours later. They just told him like, oh, you have to implicate other people they manipulated him after they told him like oh well this antron said that you did it. oh kevin said that you did it this boy said you did it and he didn't know these boys so he thinks that the police are telling him the truth when in actuality they were offering him fake help they gave him a fake deal telling them oh if you just tell us what these other boys did it's fine and then when he's writing it he's like oh well you have to put yourself in there you can't say that you didn't do anything once you do this you'll get to go home
1: so yusuf was held in question and then uh it seemed as if no one tried to contact his mother his mother had been calling around for hours trying to figure out where her son was and then she finally found out that he was in police custody and was being interviewed and everything and went to go basically save him
0: i think he was the only kid who like, parent came and took him out of the situation. I uh, Maybe she was knew, understood more. I don't know. I don't know why specifically his mom took him out of the situation. It didn't end up helping him in the long run. But at least he had the support of his mom. So, the next person we're talking about is Kevin. Uh, Kevin was also manipulated to implicate other people. They told him the same thing that they told Raymond, like, oh, just tell us what happened. Tell us what they did. They yelled at him, screamed at him, deprived him of food, kept telling him, well, you can go home. If you just sign this, you can go home. Sign this form. Write your confession. They manipulated him and his sister to sign the Miranda form because his mom and his sister came. His mom had to leave. And his sister stayed. And his sister wanted to read the papers. But with the police yelling and screaming. And Kevin's like, just sign it so I can go home. Because he thinks that if she signs this paper, he gets to go home. And that's the one thing they kept telling these kids. You can go home. Just do this and you can go home. And they never went home.
1: So then we come to Corey. So if you remember, Corey is not really even supposed to be here. He's kind of here as a friend. But the police end up somehow using him to piece everything together. Corey had no parents there at the time. Probably due to the fact that he also wasn't really there to be interrogated. He was there as a friend for his buddy. But uh, he was very scared. He was manipulated like very hardcore. And they eventually promised that he would go home and that they would help and as long as they gave he gave information which he did end up giving information so if you think about it being a teenage boy and you start hearing things like oh this guy said this about you oh this guy said this about you you automatically become defensive so you your offense is to in turn start saying stuff about other people to take the spotlight off of you that's that's what any kid would do So this is kind of what happened, which it all spread out between these five boys. These five boys all were manipulated into believing that everyone else was telling on them. And then uh, they were just scared and they ended up telling a story that didn't exist.
0: So that's that's the craziest thing. Like this whole thing came from them saying, well, he said you did it. Because I firmly believe if they weren't, well, he said you did it. And if you tell us what he did, you can go home. They wouldn't have confessed to this. Also, when Yusuf's mom came to get him, Yusuf's mom did not know that Corey went with him. So she leaves with Yusuf and Corey's left there. He was there as a support system. He had fallen asleep in a different room. And because they lost one boy, they kind of just replaced... Yusuf with Corey because Yusuf wasn't there anymore for them to berate. Um, So there are video confessions from everyone except Yusuf because Yusuf was taken away by his mom. And I'll put the links in the show notes so you can watch them. They are... Like, if you watch the mannerism of these boys... They don't look confident in what they're saying. They look afraid. Like, and there's parents in the room with every single one of them. And in the video is the first time you'll see Kevin's dad, which I'm not sure where he was during the rest of the situation. But he is there when he does his videotaped interview. And they're just looking at their kids in complete utter dismay because I don't think any of them believe that their kids are capable of that. I don't think anybody thinks that.
1: That is true. I would never believe that this would be my child accused of rape, sodomy, and among other things.
0: Especially with a group of boys that he didn't even know. Like, I think this whole situation is crazy. So they do, they try them for rape, sodomy, assault, uh, all a slew of charges. That you would never think a 14 or 15 year old. Will be charged with. So. They ended up separating the boys. Into. Two different trials. They did this. The defense and the prosecution. Kind of wanted this. Because they didn't want all the boys grouped in together. They figured it would give the boys. A better chance. So. The first trial.
1: Antron, Yusuf and Raymond. And that was uh 625 1990
0: to the 8th month of 1990. Um, by then, the rape victim, she was conscious. And she went to court. She didn't really have any evidence because she couldn't remember anything from that night. Which I guess is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing for her because she doesn't have to relive it. But it's kind of a curse because... Maybe if she remembers, she could say that it wasn't those boys. Because it wasn't those boys. That's the crazy thing about it. Um, So they have their trial. They're all convicted. They're all convicted. And then they have a second trial later that year.
1: This uh, trial consisted of Corey and Kevin. It took place from October 22nd, 1990 to December of
0: 1990. So. They. um, The only person in this situation who was tried as an adult was Corey. Because he was the oldest person at the time. And everybody else got like Seven years, he got double. They gave him 15. And he was sent to all the adult prisons while the other boys got to be at the kid prisons.
1: And if you would have watched the movie and things, uh, because of Corey not going to school and things of that nature, they kind of used his ignorance against him. And he kind of Man, he was he was a thing that glued this whole thing together for them because they played off his ignorance. And also he was the one to take the uh, the like the most of the punishment. Yeah. And then you would see him getting getting into fights, having mental problems inside of prison, things of that nature. His uh, his sister, which was also his brother, ended up passing away while he was locked up. And it really took a toll on him uh
0: because that was the person that really looked out for him like when he didn't go to school she would always find him that was the crazy thing she knew when he was skipping school and she would tell him like you got to go to school you got to get your education you got to get out of here and their mom kicked her out because she was transgender and you know transgender is not the thing to be in the 80s or the 90s so and then he found out why he was in prison that she died. his dad also died while he was in prison too. Which,
1: which they didn't portray him having much of a relationship with his dad which is uh, something that I would like to look into. Yeah, I actually have I have him at a, Corey as a friend on Facebook and I follow his life a little bit and it, it's just very uplifting to see where he's taking this thing moving forward because he's doing a lot of good things right now.
0: Yeah, he actually um, is has his name on one of the Innocence Projects the one in Colorado is called the Corey Wise Innocence Project now because he gave a bulk of his money like I think uh, close to a quarter between a quarter and a half million dollars to them to help get uh, other people exonerated because it was Innocence Project who actually got the boys exonerated so they spend all this time in prison a ton of time in prison. And some of them get out. Kevin gets out. Yusuf gets out. Antron gets out.
1: And the thing to focus on the most is that these uh, these fellows, they had their childhood taken from the rest of what was left of their childhood. Basically, they were forced to uh, become victims themselves. So not only was there a jogger, that had been actually a victim to the crime that they were being accused of they also in turn became victims also of being accused for a crime that they did not commit
0: yeah um, that's I think that's one of the worst things about this is that you took one victim and now you made six victims because you added five more because those boys had nothing to do with this at and, all
1: in my, in my eye you know what I'm saying I'm seeing that All this corruption within this police force and within the uh, district attorney's office and things of that nature. And not really seeing any of these people being punished for what they've done.
0: Well, the one lady, you know, she got taken off of all her stuff. Um, The prosecutor. Yes. Well, she she wasn't the prosecutor. Yeah, she was the prosecutor. She got removed from everything. She's written books. And she made all this crazy
1: money. Oh, no. It's more than that to me. It's not just taking your books and your money and stuff. It's about That's you actually about. being able to see the things that you put this these kids through. That's what I wanted them to see.
0: Well, she won't because in her yeah, mind, I she did the she did the right thing. She
1: doesn't care to me. Even
0: these cops, they said, oh... Well, they need to relook into this case because they did the right thing. La da da da. They still think that what they did is what should have happened. Well, and
1: also, cops also follow orders, so whoever gave the orders to interrogate, to manipulate, to hold without food, that's the person
0: that should be punished. Her and those main detectives, because it wasn't these weren't regular cops; these were actual detectives. And somehow, another department wanted to take this case. And it just is so unlucky for these boys that the other department didn't get to take it. Because this lady was over rapes and I think the other people were like violent crimes or something like that. And they wanted to take the case, but they weren't allowed to. Had they been allowed to, maybe this would have turned out different. Because she wouldn't have been in charge of it. Like, that's what I always think about. But, years and years and years and years later, everybody served pretty much their entire um, length of time, their entire sentence. And, so, Raymond Santana gets out of prison. He kind of goes to live with his dad, and that's a lot of turmoil from what we looked into between his him, his dad and his stepmom Um, do you remember what they were all that craziness?
1: Well it was just the fact that there was a whole life without him created you know and then uh, he comes in the stepmom could be looking at that as him barging in on their life which is a typical stepmom situation
0: I don't think that's true though
1: with the typical stepmom situations that that's usually for, the evil step parent is what yeah but see. for
0: me though i don't i guess maybe i'm different than other people i don't see it as intrusion in our lives because when you get married that person's part well, of you your life you gotta
1: consider the fact that he's also a grown man that was recently believed to be a rapist and things of that nature too yeah. that, that could also play a. it's always going to play a role no matter what
0: yeah because i guess at that time it wasn't the dad didn't believe he did it but everybody well, that, else did. that dad
1: genuinely loved his son and they were both played into this situation by the police and uh it's sad
0: it is super upsetting but
1: it ended up uh forcing raymond to do other things like he got involved with drugs because he had to make a way for himself and it was very hard to make a way for yourself when you're convicted of such heinous things so uh In order to make a way, sometimes you have to do other heinous things like sell drugs and things of that nature. And then when you get popped for that, you're also adding on to the the things that you're already being accused of.
0: Yeah, so he gets out. He falls back into drugs. He gets rearrested. Antron gets out and his mom's happy for him to be out. She moves him back in. The only issue is his dad lives there.
1: His dad is going through some kind of disorder, sickness. He's sick, yeah. And uh, he kind of can't even look his dad in the eyes, kind of. he is no longer accepting of his dad because of the way he handled the whole situation and how he cared more about what he got out of it than what his son got out of it, which was the destruction, ultimately, of his childhood.
0: And by the time that he, like, realized the implications, it was just... It was too late. Like... And he also, during his trial, he didn't even go to the trial at all. It was just of his mom. So, I think that added insult to injury that you didn't even have the decency enough to come to the trial. And in his father's defense, it's probably because he realized what he did and he couldn't watch he couldn't what he did to it. his son. Exactly. Yet.
1: Which, in turn, in his heart, he already knew. Oh, well, I did this to my, my kid as a child. And I know that he remembers. I know what I've done. I know that this is something that is almost unforgivable. I took his freedom and his childhood.
0: Yeah. Because Antron's mom had divorced his dad. And then he got sick. So she moved him back in. She just wanted to be helpful to him. And Antron's dad did try. He like brought him plates of food. But that is nothing compared to this man spending seven years in a juvenile detention. Like not okay that's that doesn't mean anything this lunch you brought me means nothing but finally i mean right before his dad died they did kind of reconcile he forgave him and but his dad did pass away and ultimately moved away and started a family and he kind of just wanted to stay out of the limelight a lot for a long time he actually didn't have anything to do with the previous documentary the one that came out in 2012 I believe like his his face wasn't in it it was only I think his voice he did have something to do with obviously when they see us he was more free to open up then so Kevin Kevin got out and he moved with his I think he had the biggest support system out of everybody Like, his sisters and mom, aunts, everybody came to see him. They held him down. He had a lot of support. It was just crazy.
1: Kevin seemed like he was the smallest of the group at the time. And then uh, they expected this small guy to do all these things. He wasn't really small, though.
0: Remember we saw that his actual video? And he was, like, a bigger dude. But they portrayed him as this little bitty petite kid in the show, which is super... So when you try to to
1: give someone a visual, they uh, take the total opposite and put a small guy in someone's (laughs) place and expect him to be uh, overpowering a grown woman that is a jogger, obviously fit, and raping her and stuff. And it's like, sometimes you can't correlate with a movie compared to the actual facts.
0: Yeah, so we did, we watched all of these confessions. They were grueling and really tough to watch. That's tough to watch. Four boys confess to stuff that you ultimately know they didn't do. Because they were ultimately exonerated and they found uh, the murder well, of the rapist. So, when you... We watched the movie first. Then we watched the, the tapes. And then we watched the actual 2012 documentary. And that's how we realized like Antron's portrayal in that miniseries was not anything like what he actually looked to okay. So... He's, that boy was probably like a good 5'9", like, pushing 200 pounds. He was a big boy.
1: That's about my size, Uh, 200 and something, pounds. I ain't going to give you the full.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't, I don't think he was 200, but he was getting close. (coughs) He was a good 180, 190. He was a bigger boy, though. Like, big, solid. He looked like a football player. And they gave him, like, a kid that looks like. My nine-year-old,
1: seventy-five pounds. So there was
0: a little kid. He did. He didn't even look like he was fourteen. He looked like he might have been eleven or twelve at the oldest. But he got out, and (coughs) Evan's family was super supportive. They helped him get a job. They held him down really strongly. He kind of was able to put his life back together. Um. Yusuf got out and the same thing happened. He got married, started having kids, and his life just went crazy. But all this time while they're getting out and they're putting their lives back together, Corey is still in prison, like, in solitary. Or being beaten up because a guard wanted him to do something. he didn't do it, so the guard pretty much set him up.
1: But the thing that I admire most is that through all of this, he still uh, refused to accept the fact—or this wasn't even a fact—to accept that, uh, oh, I'm being charged with these things that I did not do. He stood, he stood strong, and always said that this was not him. He was not this person they made him out to be, and he was strong and believing that.
0: Yeah, he stopped he letting even, them
1: deter his thoughts.
0: He even stopped going to his parole hearings and they would come every time he was eligible the guard would come like, hey Corey, you know, it's time. He's like, if they don't want to hear my truth, then there's no reason for me for me to go. And that is a very admirable thing to do because a lot of kids at that age wouldn't have done that. I, it's grown people that wouldn't have done that. It's grown people that say that just say that they are sorry and stuff so they can get out on parole or probation and come to find out they never even did anything
1: but they in in turn they will walk around with this this thing following them because they accepted the fact they accepted the lesser punishment all because it was a lesser punishment
0: so this brings us up to 2002 at this time raymond is in prison uh, Corey is still in prison. And Corey is approached by a guy that he got into an altercation with back in the early 90s when he first was in prison. Uh, Mateus Reyes. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he is actually the Central Park Rapist. This is like proved by DNA. He's actually a serial rapist. So... Uh, Mateus has—he has been known around New York. He was actually a prominent rapist in New York already. That's why he was already in prison. He raped a pregnant lady. He attempted to rape two other women. Like it was a lot. Ultimately, the last woman is who identified him. He was identified. There was DNA. And they proved it was him that committed these rapes. And he got sent to prison. So, he had been in prison since 90. Okay, more about Reyes. Reyes, at the time that this all was happening... He was still super young. He was 18. But he had committed his first attempted rape a year before. Um, Two days before the Central Park Jogger case, he raped... Well, he attacked another woman. He raped her. He beat her. And the only reason that he didn't murder this woman... Was because a passerby saw him. Um, This lady did give a description of him. The crazy thing is detectives went to a local hospital. They found out who he was. But for some reason he did not get arrested immediately. Um, They didn't bring him in for questioning at all. It's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. On top of that... He had attacked five other women in their apartment. One of them was a lady with the last name of Gonzalez. He raped and murdered her. She was pregnant and she had children. And he stabbed her nine times in her chest and abdomen in her basement with her children near her. This man was a horrible, horrible person. So at this time, he has the attempted rape. This other rape that happened two days before, the rape of the Central Park jogger, five other women, and then the one he was actually caught for, he raped a lady named Meg in her apartment. She managed to get away from him and neighbors pinned him down and wait for the police to get to him. And this happened in 91. So he committed nine rapes. One of those rapes was also a murder. And they didn't catch him till 91. And he was never a suspect in this. That is crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. So, good thing finally he was caught in 91. He served his time. And he found God. Which is ultimately what saved the Central Park Five. Along with these boys, but nobody ever kind of connected the dots. And speaking of the DNA, there was no DNA that connected the five boys at all. But they just kind of blew past that in trial.
1: They kind of set in their mind that, oh, these are the ones we need. These are the ones we want. We need to hurry up and get somebody convicted in order to uh, not receive backlash from the public. So they kind of focused on these boys and they went for them, went for them hard.
0: Yeah, like and they
1: ultimately got what they wanted.
0: Yeah, they they referred to these boys as like a pack,
1: like a pack of wolves, like, like they
0: were animals. That's a that's super upsetting, and it was there were pages in the newspaper that said that they should be hung.
1: Donald Trump uh, reared his (laughs) ugly head in there. Of course, our president.
0: And No matter how you feel about him as our president, that's a horrible thing to say about boys that weren't at even that time. They weren't even convicted. They were just allegations. They should die. Like They should be hung. These are children. Do I think that horrible things should happen to rapists? Yep, because rape is a horrible crime and it's something that you have to live with for the rest of your life that is a trauma so I think rapists should be locked up throw away the key they need to stay in there they need to get more time than dang near anybody else rapists and child molesters throw away the key but before these boys were even convicted it was said that they need to be hung and now in 2019 after they were exonerated, he still won't take it back He does not apologize. He says that they did it. And apparently he knows some will know. Because he still stays strong that they did it. Which is preposterous to me. But he can't be wrong. So at least in his mind. But back to Reyes. So Reyes and Corey had gotten into an altercation at the prison Corey was initially at. So in 2002... Reyes comes to Corey and he talks to him, tells him he found God and he wanted to let him know he's the one that committed the rape. I don't know how I would feel if I was Corey, that this man came up to me and telling me that twelve after I served 12 years in prison, he committed the rape that I've been in prison for.
1: I would have kind of lost it, I believe. I would have been like, I probably would have fought because I've been in there fighting my whole child, rest of my childhood already. So why not fight for something that was true? And, you know, I would have lost right. it.
0: Probably would have cold cocked this man. But somehow Corey didn't. And Reyes ends up talking to the then district attorney. And they DNA test him. He There's a recorded confession from him, too. And it's crazy. So in 2002, uh, Raymond is released. Corey is released. Corey thinks that it's a joke. He thinks that his mom's full of crap. He doesn't believe it. And he's actually released. And it is the best thing ever. So they have to wipe these boys' criminal record. And Raymond is released because if it wasn't for the initial charges, he would have never actually been in prison like that the second time because he wouldn't be a repeat offender. So... They release everybody. The boys file a lawsuit. They file a lawsuit against the city of New York, the state of New York, and they win. They go they go on to do pretty good things. Like I said Corey does the innocent project. Yusuf is a public speaker and he speaks to youth um raymond has his own clothing line like they're all doing really really good yeah
1: you can go look these guys up on facebook uh different things just look up their story you can follow them on different uh social feeds and see the positive things that was created from this negative negative. and then uh the only thing that i see that happened that was weird is that uh through a spiritual enlightenment, did Mateus Reyes come forward and confess to these things? Uh, I feel that without that, he would not have done this, and these boys would still be held to this belief that they committed this crime. So, it took the rapists, and and it took the rapists in order to save them. Yeah, and that is very odd. Where we're we supposed to put our faith into our justice system?
0: Our justice system definitely. It's kind of broken. Some of the stuff was put in place at a time where it was needed. And I think it needs to be revamped now. This is a different time. They need to revamp things. But that is the story of the Central Park Five. If you have not seen When They See Us, I suggest you watch it. It is heart-wrenching. I cried a little at times i was angry
1: and then uh as a man speaking to fathers out there if you have young boys please sit them down and discuss with them the nature of sexual intentions with young ladies all kinds of things because we never want to see our kids end up in these situations so the best way to keep that from happening is to teach them how to stay away from these situations be a father in your kids lives quit leaving it up to the mothers to raise men and uh, that's well that's pretty much all the the things that I would ask of any man.
0: Yeah, we actually made the kids, all the kids, girls and boys watch this just because I feel like it's something that they needed to know. They were taken aback that these boys were accused of things that they didn't do, especially my son, because the nine year old wants to be a cop. So he was baffled. He still wants to be a cop that didn't deter him. But he just didn't understand how cops who are supposed to do good did something so bad. So you have any other comments or anything to put in, Cody? Uh, The only
1: comments I would have was my reaction to the movie. Is that at first I kind of felt myself wanting to pick the TV up and toss it a couple times. Because uh, I was just like, so like, I couldn't believe it that this was happening type of deal. And it's just, I just didn't like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, at all. Um, And I know some people will say that the show was one-sided but we watched the show, we watched the documentary, and we investigated and everything we found was the same. Like we didn't find, these boys never changed their stories. They always held to the same stories. So it's not like they said one thing the next day they said another thing. The only change was what they initially said to what they said after they were harassed and abused. So
1: basically if you feel that it is impossible for a uh a black child or black children to be innocent. Maybe you should start looking in the mirror and taking a look at your character and find out how innocent you are.
0: Um it's it's weird. That I think that was one of the biggest things that people were saying is because these were all minority children and it was against a white lady and back then that was still now we have that issue but then it was very, very prominent that that's was what was going on in New York and L.A. This was around the time of the Rodney King beating, like.
1: Lots of racial turmoil. Yeah,
0: a lot, a lot. And it's mimicked like today. Nowadays, it's being mimicked really, really strong, except for a lot of times now it's death instead of incarceration. I'm sure these boys that are losing their lives would rather have been incarcerated than die.
1: At least they would have still had a fighting chance. Yeah.
0: Because these boys thought their lives were over and they got exonerated. They were given money, which money is not going to give back that time in their lives, but what it will do is allow them to have. And the ADA, she stands. Firmly. By. Her convictions. She will never say that these boys. Were not guilty. The only punishment she has received is. Everything. Was taken away from her pretty much. Um, She was made. To leave. Columbia. Law. Which. I think is something that. Should have been done. They said that they didn't want stuff to negatively affect their college, which I completely understand. She was supposed to be writing more books. That's not going to happen. Dean from the school says, I am deeply committed to fostering a learning environment that furthers this important and ongoing dialogue. One that draws upon the life the lived experiences of all members of our community actively confront the most difficult issues of our time. Another dean is quoted as saying that the miniseries reignited a painful and vital national conversation about race, identity, and criminal justice. And that's true because nobody kind of ever... And now we get to Linda Fairstein. Um, she was the real crazy driving force behind Elizabeth and Elizabeth's approach to the detectives. Um, she is the one that want that manipulated timelines until they fit she is the one that pushed everything to go the way that it did she got bug deals after this there's there's a lot of things that i don't understand i don't understand how this woman could look at these little boys and think Hmm. Well maybe they're all guilty. They did it. But on the other side of the coin, there was a gentleman named Robert Chambers, a grown adult man who did murder a woman. In Central Park. They refer to him as the preppy killer. Because he was a well put together. um, Successful man. And he got a plea deal. For actually killing her. Because he did not say he didn't kill her. He knew he killed her. And. She gave him. A plea deal. but these teenage boys she saw as culprits that is baffling to me um i can only hope that there are some repercussions for her behavior because It was a gross abuse of her power. She was the chief of the Manhattan District Attorney's Sex Crime Unit. Um, So Elizabeth, who was the prosecutor, worked under her. And... She's the one that I can't help but think maybe if it didn't go to her, these boys might have had a fighting chance. Um, there's been online petitions to um, boycott boycott her books, remove from from board positions, which she's resigned from several of the boards that she was over in lieu of this situation. Probably because she knew that eventually they were going to take it from her. Um, And for this, I feel like she deserves to be stripped of all of it. Whatever good she did for other people does not completely wipe out. The horrible thing she did in this situation and she didn't necessarily do good for other people because this woman who I want to cover this murder later um, I'm going to cover murder Robert Chambers in a later episode but the victim in that case did not get justice so what are your thoughts guys All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to A True Side of Crime. I am your host, Angela, our guest host today, Cody. Uh,
1: I would like to thank you guys for having me. It's been fun to sit here and stare at this woman in the face and talk about something that uh, is very important to me, and I hope it is important to you. So
0: if you like us to have Cody back as a guest host, Please let me know. Comment on our Facebook page. Like us on Facebook at a true side of crime. Follow us on Instagram at a true side of crime. You can leave voice messages on Anchor at a true side of crime. Also, you can send us an email at a true side of crime at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate you. Until next time, stay safe.